0: the Arms Race, the podcast where we try and determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching each and every Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm Mike Olson.
1: And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we've got a bonus episode. It is The Muppet Show, hosted by Sylvester Stallone, episode, season three, episode 20. Boy, I should have looked that up before we started this. (laughs) Something like that. Uh, Created by Jim Henson, written by Jerry Jewell, Chris Langham, Jim Henson, and Don Hinckley, performed by a bunch of Muppet performers. And And Sylvester Sylvester Stallone. Stallone.
0: So this is certainly uh, maybe one of the most interesting bonus episodes we've we've done. Uh, we had some interesting ones, when one you did Arnold from his 70s TV performances. Yeah, uh, this is kind of the equivalent of that. This is the closest thing. Very close. And some of those early Arnold 70s performances were pretty funny. Yeah. This was supposed to be funny. I'm not sure how much it succeeded.
1: I mean the Muppet show is intentionally corny and yeah. it's, it's they're they're going for bad dad jokes basically and then they make they make fun of <laughs> themselves jokes. for it. I like that dad um, jokes being a dad. Yeah, that, that's what it's always been. It's it, it's why they have Statler and Waldorf up there to make yeah. fun of everything. I think the thing that cuz I'll I'll say I'm the one who suggested this and since we saw a little bit of this episode on Rocky 3 Figured, watch. let's just watch yeah. that whole episode, the whole episode of The Muppet Show.
0: I do like the way Rocky Three just worked that right in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much, how often The Muppet Show had, like, athletes as hosts. They usually don't even have actors like Stallone. Usually they'll have musicians and, like, old-timey... Like, the thing about The Muppet Show that I like is it's, like, very, very old-fashioned, but then they'll cut backstage and it's just, like, chaos going on <laughs> backstage. Yeah. And it's it's got this meta le- level where... Um. Yeah. You because know, the episode we just watched, we were kind of talking over it. We just, literally just watched it. Now we're recording. So like, uh, we talked over. It, but I didn't notice until just watching it now that Kermit says at the end, "Good night." You've been a wonderful laugh track. And it's like okay. Oh, it's I like, missed that. Yeah, that. Actually, it's bit, that's, that's funny. <laughs> so it's like there's a certain self awareness. So like the Muppet Show knows what it is, and it, yeah, it's, it's it was meta before meta was a cool thing, right? Yeah, and that's, I think those two things side by side, like the cornball, like. It's like a 50s variety show, but in some ways even more old-fashioned than that. It's like a like a vaudeville Ville. show yeah. Um, combined with like 70s, like postmodern meta humor. Uh, I've always liked The Muppet Show, and I still like The Muppet Show, but this is not a good episode of The Muppet Show.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So I, but while we, or either before or while we were recording, I said how I didn't really remember a number of uh, The Muppets and The Muppet Show. I do remember The Baby Muppets and The Muppet Movies, so for me, I'm like, i and maybe I was remembering the movies. I'm like, I remember this being better. So I'm glad you're saying that this was not a good, particularly good episode because I did not think it was very
1: good. No, it's Stallone is an awkward fit for this show cause, you well, know, just because of the talking punching bag. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get to this stuff. We'll get to the specifics. That's the one <laughs> thing that that seemed to fit is the talking punching bag. <laughs> no, I think the best hosts of the Muppet Show are like singers, in particular, like old timey singers. And, like, older comedians. Like, George Burns hosted and, like... Oh, that probably was great. Yeah, I mean, someone like that is great for The Muppet Show. Just, like, you know, someone who fits this, like, vaudeville style that they're going for. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Stallone is so, like, of the 1970s that seeing him in this context of just, like, we're putting on an old-fashioned show. It's like, boy, he does not fit in at all with this the whole tone of this. No, and I mean, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of, you know, episodes
0: of Saturday Night Live when it's, it's somebody that just is not the right fit for Saturday Night Live. Sure.
1: Well, we're gonna eventually watch the episode <laughs> of Saturday Night Live that's
0: alone posted, so get ready for that. I don't remember that very well, so I don't know if I've seen it at all. Um and I can't off the top of my head, I can't think of a, a great example of one where it's like, what was Lauren Michaels and NBC thinking? But I, I know you know what I'm I'm talking about, that they are just uncomfortable yeah uh you know in front of comedic performers particularly you know mostly improv comedic performers they just can't do the lines
1: well in that case well probably in both cases i mean a they've got like 20 something episodes to fill every year it's like you gotta just find someone who's willing to come (laughs) on Uh, especially the muppet show which was filmed in england so it's like you gotta fly folks over it's like you know new york it's a easier trip uh, I don't know, depending on who it is. Like, sometimes the Muppet show would have, like, English performers. Oh, okay. But I know they tried to keep it at a minimum because, you know, they did, it didn't want to seem like an English show. It's, it's very, like, universal. You know, and I think most of the Muppet performers are American. I think they all have American accents yep. pretty much. Yep. But the other thing is, you know, I think sometimes they just want to have a guest who's going to bring attention to the show. It's like, here's a really famous person. They're going to be a terrible host, but they're very famous, you know. And I think Stallone kind of fits in that category. He's, well, it's certainly
0: yeah, circa this time. I mean, absolutely. Yeah,
1: he was riding high, and this this episode of The Muppet Show makes hay about his his sex symbol status, you know, and makes a lot of comedy out of that. So well, I think yeah. I think that's part of what's happening here. It's just like, Celestia so Stallone wants to come on The Muppet Show? Sure, he's much more famous than The Muppet Show is, so let's let him come on. I have some notes because I pulled up the Muppet Wikipedia. All right. I think it's just called Muppet Wiki. It doesn't have like, a clever name. Oh, that's it's disappointing. Not unlike Wikipedia. <laughs> you know, Muppet Wikipedia doesn't have a clever name. Oh, God. Um, Wikipedia is so great. It's I, really clever.
0: I don't want to derail you, but I just saw Solo the other night. Oh, um, did you? What'd you think of it? Uh, There's
1: Muppets in that, aren't there? I guess so. <laughs> no, <guess> <laughs> Do Wookiees count? I guess <laughs> uh, this the closest. No, uh, what, uh, John Favreau's character is kind of a puppet. Yes, very much
0: so. Uh, I I think it was unfair, the the critical treatment of it. I, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great. And maybe it's, you know, I, the audience may or may not know. I know you know. Look, I have a major soft spot for Chewbacca. Sure, yes. So anything that features him is probably it it, it's worth the price of admission for me just for his scenes alone
1: Uh, i'm guessing you really like the scene where he and han solo first meet oh the context of that absolutely yeah
0: and i know you we've talked about it on multiple episodes you don't like you know the uh prequels and oh how did indiana jones you know get his hat those kind of things I really did enjoy their first meeting. I thought it was fantastic. Okay, I, yeah, I figured you would enjoy that. I also enjoyed Chewbacca getting very, very aggravated learning to play. I, you're, you're the Star Wars fan, whatever the the chess type game that you know he's playing in the first one.
1: Okay, that is a funny moment. I I like the, the fact holograms, that holograms. You can't yeah, sn- <laughs> knock them off the table. <laughs> knock him off the board.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Oh, it made me laugh. But anyway, anyway. sorry. Get get back on we, track. I was I, talking
1: about the Muppet Wikipedia yes. instead of Wikipedia. That's how we got on this. But um. Let me read this. This is from the Sylvester Stallone entry on Muppet Wikipedia. Uh, it says, The February 19, 1979 issue of Time magazine discussed the appearance as follows. Quote, His three-year-old son, Sage, wanted to see his old man on the, on the Muppet show, so Sylvester Stallone, 32, got himself invited playing a gladiator versus a Muppet lion. <laughs> Besides, it was a way to live out his, ch- his own childhood fantasy. Quote, this is Sylvester Stallone. Ever since I was eight, I always wanted to be a gladiator, says the hero of Rocky. Usually when I have a fantasy, I make a movie. This saved me from 22 weeks of movie making. Then back to Time Magazine. Probably a good thing, considering Stallone's last two films, Fist and Paradise Alley. It like, seemed like an unnecessary Dang. shot at Stallone. <laughs> It's a shot across the bow. Yeah, this, uh, this article about the Muppet Show—they're just going out of their way to take shots at <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't watched either of those movies yet, so who knows how accurate that is? But um,
0: yeah, that is—that's—that's uh, that's jumping off the top rope with a sharp elbow.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you can see that the reception to this episode, even at the time, um, was not very positive. I, uh, to be fair, to Stallone, he's so out of his element, and it takes Big a lot time. of courage to come on and be basically ridiculed yeah you know what that that's probably fair too to say
0: he he definitely is out of his element and uh, i guess to take that chance uh, some credit is due because you can't really figure out uh, i guess your limitations unless you're willing to push them every once in a while i i said that said this off of air and now i'll say it on air (laughs) That all said, this was definitely a learning exercise and should have been a great indication that Rhinestone, he should not have been cast
1: in that movie. Yeah, and I thought that was a very good observation on your part. Uh, why, why would the producers of Rhinestone go forward when this <laughs> is on had, tape? Right, if they had access to this. Yeah, because he sings two songs in this episode. Yes. First is, One that does bring Statler and Waldorf
0: to tears, however, which is probably no small accomplishment. It brings everybody to tears, not just <laughs> <It> Statler and <laughs> Waldorf. It does bring
1: down the outs. I think part of the joke there is Statler and Waldorf are old. And he's singing this old timey 1920s song, so it's like it's bringing them back to their childhood. That's probably a little their, nostalgia, their Muppet childhood. They should have done Statler and Waldorf babies. <laughs> How old would they have been? They were probably in their 40s at the time. That, that would have been great. They yeah, should have 35 like year old men to mock the babies. Yes, you babies. <laughs> You're useless, you know? They could have just exactly. come in, like, like <laughs> I didn't think about that. That would have been great for having like 30-year-old Statler and Waldorf. They
0: basically would have been the guys from Trading Places. Uh, yes. Right? Well, and funny is that I can't tell you how many people don't know the names Statler and Waldorf, but they're like, oh, yeah, no, the guys in Trading Places, they absolutely are in, in pop culture references to people that are only, you know, not nearly as involved in movies, you know, following that we are, yeah. absolutely refer to... It's instead of Statler and Waldorf, they it's Mortimer and Randolph. Mortimer I'm like, and Randolph. I'm like, it? no, no, no. I understand what you're saying. They're very similar, but no, their names are not
1: Mortimer and Randolph. But Statler and Waldorf came first. Just to be clear, absolutely. If anyone yes. ripped off anybody, absolutely. So, uh, all right, so I suggested we go through this sketch by sketch. And we give each one one of our, our... The Rocky ratings? Yeah, from our Rocky scale. All right. So you want to do that? I mean, that's probably yeah. the simplest way to let's, let's not do this. Because I, I don't know how else to talk about this episode. That, you know? I mean, it's, it, there is no other way. <laughs> well, before we start, you had said that you hadn't seen The Muppet Show since you were a kid.
0: Yeah, when we were watching it uh, off air. But yes, I, I don't think that I've seen an episode of The Muppet Show probably since I was... I said under 10. I have seen Muppet movies. Right. Uh, but, Which are very different than this. Absolutely. Um, so is this
1: like similar to what your memory of The Muppet Show was? Or is it just like, what? This is what no, The Muppet Show was? I had
0: totally forgotten what The Muppet Show was. <laughs> okay. Because I, I definitely was remembering the movies. I was not remembering this.
1: Yeah. And the, the movies obviously have just, are just much more put together. Like The, the Muppet Show is kind of ramshackle in a way that you kind of forget. Because before the Muppets, I mean, this is how the Muppets got big. It's right. like, this was basically the first well, Muppet thing. You know, in some
0: ways, I, I think a, a good analogy and something we use all the time is those, you know, that first season and definitely the Tracy Ullman, you know, Simpsons episodes, they're a little rough. There's, there's material there, but as time went on, those, you know, characters and the show came together a lot more. I'm sure then having a much bigger budget for, for a movie and a lot more actors, like real actors involved, yeah. you know, makes for a, a different product in the Muppet movies.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, to use that analogy, this is season three of The Muppet Show, so you'd think they wouldn't have an, an episode this lousy. I really do like The Muppet Show, but this is just not a good episode of The Muppet Show. I, just, no, just, so. I, I, I will defend The Muppet Show by making it clear that this is the exception. I generally I like most Muppet Show That's episodes. Nice. This is just not a good one. So the so. first
0: first installment uh, of Stallone's yep. performance yeah, is pre-credits, right?
1: Yeah, I've got a whole list. Of, the, the Muppet Wikipedia has every sketch oh, wow. bit by bit. So I've got them here just to make sure we don't miss anything. So there's okay. yeah, the cold open where uh, Scooter, the stagehand, comes in and tells Sylvester Stallone it's almost time to go on, which also it's not. I mean, it's just a thing. <laughs> every, every Muppet show starts this way where the a Scooter comes in and says, 30 seconds to curtain, Mr. Guest Star or yeah. Mrs. Guest Star. But then Stallone doesn't actually go on stage on the Muppet no, Show for like 10 minutes. Performs. Yeah, so he, what, he didn't need to be ready. Um, but then there's a joke about clams. He's like, are you right in here? Oh, I'm happy as a clam. And then there's clams in there. Yes, Muppet there are clams. some
0: unhappy clams.
1: Um, that's right. Oh, some clams anyway. <laughs> so yeah. That's, yeah, that
0: was the opening salvo. And I'm like, ooh, that... That didn't present very well, but I, I at that point we were watching, I'm like, well, I'm hopeful. Maybe this is, you know, th- they're warming up to something.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the caliber of joke that The Muppet Show trades in. It's just, you know, really stupid puns and, you know, happy as a clam and then the clams are sad. It's like, it's pretty surface level, but at the same time, it's a, it, The Muppet Show is kind of dealing in volume to a certain degree. <laughs> you know, it's like it, if 30 jokes out of 100 stick, it's like, hey, at least they threw out 100 jokes. That's right.
0: Uh, and I'm sure... The same thirty—it's not the same thirty jokes that stick for every person that is in the audience. Either. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, I, yeah, so on the Rocky rating scale, <laughs>
1: Stallone's performance isn't great. Oh, I think he sells that. I think he's—he is saving this part of the show. <laughs> Some clams, anyway. Like he's—he's he's committing to
0: the bit. He's committing to it. All right, all right. You, you talk me up a little bit. I, <laughs> <sighs> I, we're I, really struggling we got a lot of sketches to get through yeah I, i'm not going to give this one a spider rico but it's not fun bad either so it's not an ivan drago i, I think that that probably puts it i hate saying this It's probably like a mason dixon
1: oh see i'm giving it to tommy Gunn, So i'm not even giving it going that
0: oh hard. i forgot you know what i forgot about tommy no you, you convinced me i forgot about tommy gun <laughs> That's right. Mason Dixon is right down the middle now. Problem Tommy Gunn.
1: with this scale is sometimes you forget yes the entirety yes. of the scale. No,
0: no, no. Tommy Gunn is the appropriate rating. I want to steal your idea.
1: The best part about it is that it's short. Yes, you know it's a one joke bit, and then they go right to the intro, which we can skip. You know, it's the standard Muppet Show intro. Um, you know, there's there's little gags in it. There's always little gags like Oh Gonzo blows his horn, and this one a like, big monster comes and steals it and blows it. It's like whatever. It's not really right. It's not even really a joke. It's like the couch gag in The Simpsons. It's yeah. like ah, it's a little thing they do at the beginning. Whatever. Uh, okay, and then next is Kermit's introduction, I don't know, if we, should, we should rate that. And then this is where all the groupies come out, oh, so this is Stallone. It's like, oh, he's not, he's not in this opening number, and Kermit introduces the Hawaiian song. Yes. Uh, so we'll, we don't have to rate Kermit introducing the show. That's not really <coughs> a sketch. <schedule. laughs> Thank you. So, Hawaiian War Chant, apparently it's called, based on the wiki.
0: I'm not sure what they were trying to accomplish with that particular song, but it did not land with me at all.
1: Well, I can tell you exactly what they're trying to accomplish. Okay. They don't succeed at this, but they're trying to accomplish... I, this is speaking of someone I've watched the entirety of The Muppet Show 12 years ago when these DVDs came out, and I haven't watched them again. They've been, <laughs> they've been collecting dust in my uh, spare bedroom. Okay. Um, but I did watch through the whole show when they came out on DVD. Okay. And I'd say every three to four episodes, they're trying to recreate the magic from the famous sketch. Now, I don't know if you remember this one, but Manamana. You remember that? Uh, I I know it. It was on the very first uh, Muppet Show episode.
0: So I remember it, but it's ironic. I don't remember it from the Muppet Show. As I said, I don't remember the Muppet Show if I haven't seen it since I was 10. Okay. However, that... I know from the British office is actually where oh, I know. Oh
1: yeah, at, huh? yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. I forgot So they did Gareth
0: that. And, and company. So
1: anyway, keep keep going. Sorry. So okay, but th- that that kind of blew up to the degree that something can blow up in nineteen seventy uh, six. Yeah, right. exactly. And I think every three to four episodes of the Muppet Show, they They're try to fishing. do it again. They're trying to recapture that magic. They put that line out in the water and hope G- to gibberish song. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and yeah, I agree. This is it doesn't work. It's like it's just Hawaiian gibberish. It's like, there's no real comedy in it. It's just there's like, no comedy in yeah. it. Like, okay. That's,
0: Today, you know, it'd probably be accused of, you know, Hawaiian culture appropriate, a whole bunch of yeah, things. But I know it's you, such
1: gibberish. that it, it almost doesn't even reach that
0: level. Yeah. I, I think the easiest way to sum it up for me is it. I didn't understand it. Now getting that perspective, I do understand what they were maybe trying to do. It doesn't land. No, this gets pretty close to Spider Rico territory for me.
1: Close, but not, you're not giving it. I, I'm, I'm also giving this one a time again. <sighs> it's close. I'm, I'm going to reserve a, a
0: different one for Spider Rico. What? So this, you're giving a Spider Rico? No, I'm not, no,
1: I'm, I'm saving it for
0: for a different. So we're just, we're agreeing on everything I'll, I'll, so far. I'll agree that this is a Tommy Gun. Yeah. It's,
1: Here, here's the only reason why I don't give it a Spider Rico, and this is kind of like the guy in Seinfeld being like, I like the kitty from the <laughs> the, the, the cartoon. Yes. I liked the monkey throwing coconuts at the penguins. Okay. Just like the eight-year-old in me. He's like, that's funny. He's throwing coconuts at a penguin. Yeah, and he knocks them out pretty good. So. Or maybe they were pineapples. I don't know. He's throwing something. It probably was pineapples. A monkey on the top of a mountain yeah. is throwing stuff. Fair enough. And he hits the animal a couple of times. The animal's in the in the musical number playing drums. He's, he's kind of- banging away. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's do- trying he's to avoid them, too. Yeah, He's kind of dodging them, I think. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, Tommy Gunn. Uh, Tommy guns from both of us. All right, then we go backstage, and this is where... Uh, we learn that Scooter is selling backstage passes to these groupies. written <laughs> backstage passes. <laughs> so that's just Stallone groupies, yes. Uh, and Kermit's not happy. Correct. And he says, stay right here. So I guess that, this isn't really a... It's, that's not really a... Yeah, it's not, it's not enough to really rate. It's just like the, this ongoing saga backstage.
0: Yeah, generally the stuff backstage, I'm not sure, is necessarily a... It's just a segue to yeah. kind of the next next bit
1: and i think that's the stuff that generally makes the muppet show work for me even as an adult because it's just like that's the meta part of the show where oh, it's yeah. like they're commenting on how lousy the stuff the actual show is and that, you know I, that
0: and for me i told you you know statler and waldorf were easily my my favorites and then just the random heckling i there was one point in oh that's terrible or something like that
1: that genuinely makes me laugh no i i know exactly where we'll get to that we're not there yet okay um yeah, Statlin and Waldorf are great. They're always great. Uh, so anyway, this is where we get to the gladiator sketch. So to explain, it's just a sketch where Sylvester Stallone is a gladiator, a Roman gladiator, and there's a lion, a man in a lion suit, and like a full body Muppet. Yes, uh, Rolf is apparently the uh, the Caesar. Yes, is or, it Caesar or Augustus? It's been a long time since. Uh, gladiator. Yeah, so
0: I so I should say is the the emperor actually yes. not uh, not Caesar They're necessarily. necessarily. Yeah,
1: and Rolf is savage. (laughs) He's immediately going to the thumbs down. He is just wanting death immediately. Yeah, because the the lion roars and then Stallone comes out and roars back, and the lion like ah and cowers, and that's kind of the joke of it. Yes, and (laughs) Stallone immediately like the lion basically capitulates. And, and then he busts into a song. Yeah, he busts into a song after Stallone refuses to <laughs> refuses to uh, kill Yeah, kill the lion based on Rolf's demands. Kill him. He literally says, kill the lion. <laughs> His entire crew up there, <laughs> yeah. they're all with their thumbs down. Emphatically, they want that lion dead. Rolf, uh, Rolf is a gangster, man. I, say, <laughs> I will say Rolf is one of my favorite Muppets. Rolf, Rolf is pretty cool. And I, I don't think there was enough Rolf in this episode. Uh, there was not a ton. He,
0: so I'm going to, this one, the song was not good, but it did make me smile. This 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 is probably Ivan Drago territory for me. This was like this was not
1: good performance, but it was fun. I agree. <laughs> That's exactly we we are in a hundred percent agreement here because this is Ivan. It's so bad that it's funny. It's, it made me laugh. In particular, the
0: cutaway when Stallone picks up the lion, <laughs> yeah. and it's clearly just a giant stuffed
1: animal. No, it's just the man whoever was performing that line just Always got out of the, out suit. Of the suit, and I, he picks I up. I thought the, it was a stuffed animal, but you're right. yeah, it's just an empty suit. No, literally like, an empty. These suits, but the lion starts like he's the one that escalates it because they're getting it along, they're singing the song, let's call the whole thing off, and then the lion, the lion for some reason just had to bite, bite. Yeah. Stallone's ankle. That's when Stallone gets mad, picks him up, and spins him eight times and throws <laughs> throws the empty suit. Yeah, so th- that one did make me smile. That was that was fun. Bad. Yeah, I agree. That's that's fun. And they decide to go have a steak,
0: <laughs> yeah. ancient Rome or whatever. You think maybe the uh, Pauly might have been uh, might have been a steak from Polly? Sure.
1: They uh, went to that meat that he's been punching.
0: Stallone beats up the meat, you know, breaks the ribs or whatever it is.
1: All right, moving on. More backstage. This is where Scooter's plan to get these girls <laughs> to stick around is to have them uh, flatter Kermit. they like, no, we're here to see you. And, and it works very well. Yes, Kermit is very uh, easily flattered and yes. decides they can stay back there. I like the implication of this. Like, there's a certain, you know, you can really read a lot into this. Just, it's true. You know, Kermit's got a lot of power and in the Me Too era. He could very easily be <laughs> abusing his power back then. <laughs> I didn't even think <laughs> about that. You're right. That's, that's all I could think. It's just like, hmm, wow. he's very willing to go along with this. It's, you know. Kermit the Frog, you're right. You know, there's always an undercurrent with the Muppets. I was saying before we started, like, it's, you know, Muppets aren't Sesame Street. It's not a kid's thing. It's, no, it's, it's it's accessible to kids, and it's a thing that kids enjoy, but there's stuff going on in the Muppets. You absolutely. know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Kerman has some, I think he has some things to answer for. <laughs> he, he may. I mean, he's. It's in the end, this is basically the last time he interacts with these groupies. Yeah. He's basically just like, fine, you can stay back here, just because now he thinks they're there for him. Uh, And then this is where they barge into Stallone's dressing room and Stallone meets the groupies. So my question on this uh, for you,
0: does he bring all that equipment everywhere he goes? Because he's got a bunch of workout gear up in this dressing room. He says he travels light, but somehow his dressing room is jammed. It's got like weights in there.
1: I think this is Stallone's rider. He demanded all these things being. Oh, his, so they, his they
0: had to provide it there so yeah. he could
1: work out. This is like uh, the, the no brown M and M's. You know, he he demands a, a bicycle and uh, a punching bag in in his uh, room. Do you, Do you think he's like Spinal Tap and he doesn't want to have to fold into the little sandwiches? Sure. <laughs> Well, we learn later about all the perfumes and ointments that that's, are in there. so right. I forgot. I think it's that guy's room. I forget that that Muppet's name. He's a slightly more obscure Muppet. Uh, yeah, Sketching a bit,
0: he reminds me kind of of Bob Goulet for some reason. That was the vibe. Sure, I, got I with think him. that's
1: what they're kind of going for. Yeah, that's what Link.
0: Link is Link. The, yes, it was, and uh, Bob Goulet is what uh, was the vibe that I was thinking.
1: Yeah, because th- I mean, that's a character that appeared on the Muppet Show occasionally, but didn't survive to the movies. There are a lot of characters on the Muppet Show that just fall to the wayside. When they started making movies, it's like all right, we got to cut it down to like eight of them. We got to get it to the good ones, yeah. right? The ones that people I identify with yeah, the most. Link is definitely not one that did even, not that, make it. Even some of the good ones, like Sam the Eagle, barely appeared in the movie. I love Sam the Eagle. He he, he made he, it in the Muppet Babies, though, didn't he? Maybe he might be. He may have been like occasionally appearing. I thought he was in there, or maybe I'm thinking He definitely was not. He was definitely not. I think Beaker was like down the street or something, Beaker and Bunsen. I think the the main Muppet Babies, it was only like Kermit, Rolf, Fozzie, Gonzo, Piggy, Scooter, Skeeter, Animal. I think you're right. I think that's all it was. Okay. I don't even think, because not even the rest of the band made it, just Animal. The the, the drummer is always the, the best one, right? Well, in this case, I agree. Dr. Teeth, I like also. He's, he he appeared in some of them.
0: Maybe that's what Spinal Tap should have done. They should have just hired Animal, and maybe they would have had a drummer sure. that could have survived.
1: Yeah, he's got the fortitude. He, you totally know, he does. He takes nothing. I mean, he's got pineapples or coconuts being thrown at him. He's still banging away. I mean, he survived being blown up to being 100 feet tall in the Muppet movie. <laughs> He took some kind of growth serum and grew to 100 feet tall, and they built that gigantic animal head. Yes. You remember that? I do. So we we solved it. Animal should have been the drummer for Spinal Tap. I don't want to put Animal in danger. That's the thing. I like Animal. I don't want him to spontaneously Combust. Or be a mystery that's best left unsolved? Well, to be, <laughs> yes. to be fair, Muppets frequently spontaneously combust. There's one that combusts in this <laughs> show. Right. So, like, the Muppets are proven to survive spontaneous combustion. So maybe he'd be the perfect. Uh, I think he would have been. Uh,
0: right, so this is kind of the Stallone flattery. I, this was fine. I, it wasn't, you know, it was just kind of there. So this is probably, it's definitely not Spider Rico. I think this is more kind of like a Mason Dixon. It's just kind of there. I'm going to go higher.
1: I'm going to give it a clever lang. Really? Wow! I think I think him like showing off. I mean, it is. A I little, forgot about the flexing. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of uh, showing yeah. off the muscles a little bit. Well, you know, I like to stay in shape. You know, he's just flexing as he as he. That is as, pretty good. And the pu- talking punching bag is kind of funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Hey, it's probably borderline. I, I you could convince me, but
0: I'll stick with a Mason Dixon. Okay, it's well, it's pretty short too. There's not a lot to that that sketch.
1: Yeah, it's pretty short. Uh, so my phone battery is dying, so hopefully we make it through this before <laughs> it dies because I'm looking at this stuff on my phone. All right, next is Professor... So the nice thing about the Muppet Wiki is we're getting all the names of these characters that... that we wouldn't have picked up. Professor Albert Flan presents Otto the Automatic Entertainer. Uh, yes,
0: the robot... The I won't say the HAL 9000, but it is not a well-functioning
1: robot. <laughs> no. I really like this sketch. <laughs> this is my favorite part of this episode. It is pretty good. This guy, this like... He's like a sleazy entertainer who's like, hey, hey, hey everybody. This is the part where uh, Settler and Waldorf, he's like, because he, this guy comes out in this like checkered jacket and a bow tie, and he goes, is everybody having fun tonight? And then one of the guys is like, no. <laughs> That's what made me laugh out loud. Yeah.
0: I didn't know was that spo- I thought that was just supposed to be a regular general audience member not Statler and
1: Waldorf. I think it's either it's Statler one of or Waldorf. It sounded like them. <laughs> I just love the no. And maybe it was just a random audience member, who knows. And but, uh,
0: I I do agree with you that and I didn't I would never have known that Muppet's name.
1: No, that, I don't think he ever appeared again. Okay,
0: but that that type of performer I absolutely love just a really really bad and not vaudeville but a Bad kind of stand up
1: act, and that's yeah. what that guy is. If a Muppet could have flop sweat,
0: that's yes. what's happening. He would
1: hey, hit. everybody, huh? Or, my robot comedian.
0: And it, it basically, the robot is a replacement for like a ventriloquist kind of dummy. That That's the type of performer. A bad ventriloquist comedy act is yeah. what I think is the best way to sum that skit up. And it probably was my favorite too, because that guy was great, and the heckle, I, it made me laugh out loud pretty hard.
1: But the best compliment I could give this sketch is the character of the, the performer. Professor, He feels like a Simpsons character. He yes. kind of feels like Gil. Just like, hey, here's my robot. I built him.
0: There's, well, there definitely is a Gil vibe with uh, with the Professor, without yeah. a doubt. And Gil is one of my favorite secondary, well, maybe tertiary characters on The Simpsons, without a doubt. Yeah.
1: And I like the robot in this sketch, too. I'm giving this to Apollo Creed. This is the best sketch I've ever <sighs>
0: I you know, I I think I need to give one, and if I'm gonna give one, this is not a great episode, if you ask me, but if I'm gonna give it to a sketch, it's this one. It did make me laugh.
1: I don't know who's doing the robot, but I enjoyed that performance too, where he's just like, Did you hear the one? Boop, boop, did you hear did? he like never even you never he hear the f- finish? It. You never hear the whole joke because he just blows up. <laughs> um Okay, moving on, there's a musical number. So this is a thing about the Muppets that I didn't know until I got the DVDs that they were filmed in the UK and because UK TV is different episodes are 2 minutes longer exactly in the UK compared ah, to the US. Gotcha. So they would always have a a segment that's exactly 2 minutes that was just for the UK audience and it was usually a musical number. Gotcha. So that's what this next thing is. It's just yeah. Dr. Teeth and band playing a song called Lady Be Good. It's yeah. just like this low-key, you know, very bass-heavy musical It's number. just there. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. It's just it's not a comedy piece. It's just no. a musical thing. Yep. I think generally like sometimes when the Muppet show gets genuine like this, like we're just like, here's a, just a sincere musical number. Sometimes it can be really good. But this one's not. It's just no, like it's the, just the song isn't that interesting. It's just, it feels a little thin. Yep. Should we rate this?
0: I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it a Mason Dixon. That's probably what I'd say. It's just kind of there, and and it literally is filler. It kind of just is a segue. <laughs> I, mean, I guess so. Yeah.
1: That kind of sucks for the. I mean, I don't. I don't think
0: I shouldn't say that because look, <laughs> there is performers that go in and put time in that. It's a, that's a little harsh.
1: Yeah, but. but I mean, in a sense, you're correct because they did have to fill an extra two minutes for the UK version. Yeah. It's like. You wonder if maybe that was the two minutes that was getting the least attention because there's like no nowhere else in the world is this going to get seen. So yeah, probably it's hard to say how much effort they put into that. Like it might have been just like a last minute, like oh crap, we got to do that UK <laughs> spot. <laughs> What's a song we can do? Okay. Get out there you now, know, dude. They just you know. All right, moving on. This is your Link Hogthrob. Apparently, is his full name. Oh, I like him even more now. Link Hogthrob visits Stallone's dressing room. And they compare notes about being celebrities and actors, I guess. Yeah, and, and it seemed
0: like Link was, you know, trying to uh, pass off that he was kind of maybe a little bit of a sex symbol himself.
1: Yes. in some ways, because he comes in like, oh, I hear those groupies are around. I want to hide in your dressing room to get away from them. And Stone's like, yeah, okay, sure, come in, come on in. <laughs> yeah, this one kind of made me laugh. I, uh, I,
0: I think it's because I like Link.
1: Yeah, he's an, he's a funny character. Yeah, they do. They, I remember this guy because they occasionally do a bit called. Pigs in Space, where he's the star of that show. It's like a Star <laughs> Trek spoof. And it's him and Miss Piggy. Kirk? Yeah, he's basically the Kirk. Okay. But he, he's like he's like Zap Brannigan before Zap Brannigan. Oh, and I probably would have loved that. Yeah, they're, they're, it's a funny bit. The so, zapper. So, of course, we don't get it in this episode. Like all the best Muppet oh. bits, we're not getting any of them. That's a bummer, because to see Zap Brannigan before Zap
0: existed, that yeah. is outstanding.
1: But this guy, Link, plays the the... Yeah. the you know, we're seeing him backstage, the real guy, but then when he goes on stage, he plays some, character, yeah. some Kirk-esque figure.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, this was a pretty good pretty good, uh, funny bit. kind of made me laugh. So I, I probably would say this is, for me, a, a clubber lang. It's certainly not the best uh, of what the episode had offered, but pretty funny.
1: I The one thing that uh, – did I already rate this? I did, right? I gave it to Mason Dixon? No, you didn't, but now you okay, did. Okay, I'm giving it to Mason Dixon. Okay. Um, the one part that I do enjoy, and again, like maybe as an adult watching the Muppets and – Maybe reading too much into things. I just did enjoy him going to Stone and be like, "Anything you need, you know how it is. I, I can get you anything you need." And then he goes on to talk about like, all, "I have all my colognes in here." Yes. The part of me is going like, "You know, I can get you any any kind of substance, you know." Like, <laughs> they uh, can. You think Link might have had some problems too? Yeah, I guess not. It's. He uh, it doesn't seem like the type, but um, you never know. That's that's where my mind went for some reason. Uh, okay, so now. There's a really quick thing about the William Tell Overture. Uh, overture yeah. Where That's the That's another gets, segue. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a very short sketch where they're playing the William Tell Overture and then the cello player... Fires he ...uses the a bow. string to fire his bow and it, it hits an apple. Sam the Eagle is there, so I'm just I'm just glad Sam the Eagle was there. <laughs> Got in. some screen time. Yeah. All my favorite Muppets, almost none of them are in this episode. Sam the Eagle... That's probably why it's not a good episode, it's right? It's not. I mean, it's true. Gonzo's not in it, really. No. And that's, that's like one of the
0: most, pro- Gonzo and Fozzie are, are like the most prominent from what I remember of like the Muppet babies. Yeah. Other and, than Kermit, Miss Piggy, obviously.
1: And I like Rolf. So ne- so next is the most Rolf we get, which is Veterinarian's Hospital, where it's a, there were some, on, there were some good, bad jokes in there. This is like rapid fire. They're just knocking <laughs> out all the, all the Hawaii jokes, all the medical jokes. I do enjoy, it's a running gag get, cause this is another recurring sketch they do. And every time the the narrator comes in, they'll kind of look, look around like, oh, that guy's still still talking. Or whatever. That did make me laugh. Um, so what do you think? And for me, this
0: pro- this still isn't, I think, the best sketch, but it's pretty good. So I'd I'd probably go with a, a ma- not a mace, uh, uh, man, Clubber Lang. Yeah,
1: I agree. I'll give it a Clubber Lang. All right. Uh, okay, and then more backstage. This is where the actors are coming off stage from the medical sketch and they go like oh we must have done every Hawaiian joke in the book and they do five more Hawaiian jokes at Kermit's expense yes I don't know I guess it's just more or less just like an extension of the veterinarian's hospital Yep. no man is an island <laughs> uh, okay and then we get Fozzie sawing a robot in half <laughs> this actually made me laugh more than it should have. yeah the robot stuff is good and you, you cut to the, the inventor on the side like, like "Watch well, yeah, that don't saw too hard and he, Fozzie electrocutes himself yeah, and because Fozzie's going to saw a woman in half, and he can't find a woman who will volunteer, so they volunteer yes. the robot.
0: Yeah, Kermit, Kermit solves that by forcing the robot to do
1: it. Yeah, oh, I found a girl for you. Oh, she's pretty? No, but she's willing, and so it's the <laughs> robot. That's funny. I, I Speaking of me, too. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, you could really add that, Kermit. <laughs>
0: Kermit's got some legal troubles waiting for him in, like, 30 years. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, for me, this probably is good, but still not you know the best. So it's, it's probably another clubber Lang for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they could have milked this joke more. Yeah. It's, it ends up being like a one. It's like, oh, good, more of the robot. And then it's just the robot just gets sawed in half and Fozzie explodes. So, you yeah. <laughs> know. I would have liked a few Fo- more. Fozzie had a, a pretty bad joke, and I think he's like, oh, I'm dying up here or something like that that made me laugh. But that's the thing is, they, I know. a robot has been invented who is equally bad. Like you you want to see Fozzie and this robot interact. You want to yeah, see actually, them out-comedy out each other. I was
0: going to say, like a, a competition between them actually would have been great.
1: Yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a clever line. It had a lot more uh, potential, potential there. Yeah. And then last but certainly not least... <laughs> Is Celeste Stallone in like 1920s? Oh, it's so awful. It's it's the, too sincere for its own good. He oh. sings a song, A Bird in a Gilded Cage, and he's like in like a 1920s tavern, like a speakeasy. Yes. And Rolf is playing the piano. His and, hair and, looks ridiculous in the hat they put him yeah, in. Yeah, he's wearing a bowler hat. And he's got like armbands on. I don't even two. know. Two. I like, I thought you only wore one. You wear two? I don't. Now? I don't even know what those are for. I don't know, like. You know, Prohibition-era fashion. I don't understand what those bands are. So bad. And they're pink. He's got a pink bow tie and pink armbands, and he sings this very, like, sappy, sincere song. And they're kind of making fun of it because everyone starts crying at the end, which I guess is uh, Uh, supposed to be poking fun at how ridiculous it is, but maybe it's sincere. I'm
0: not sure. And here's the thing. It's long, too. It, It is very long. It's
1: really long. I mean,
0: I would much rather have more time and I'll maybe... Fozzie and the robot didn't have Stallone and maybe they needed more Stallone time. I would rather have another 30 seconds or minute of that of Fozzie and that robot than this thing just going on and yeah. on.
1: You certainly didn't need two Stallone musical numbers. No. Like, you gotta find something for him to do. <laughs> so this is what they decided to do. but <laughs> it's a bad choice. Yeah, it, it it works in the Lion, the, the you know, Roman Coliseum sketch because he's kind of throwing it off and he's not... You know he's he's underplaying it and kind of tossing it off, and it's shorter too
0: in terms of at least the singing. The the, the skip may be the same length, but there's interaction. He's you know boxing and swinging the sword or whatever. Yeah, uh, this was mostly him singing, and it it's a Spider Rico for me. This just is not
1: good. I think if Stallone had really committed to it and just started just like belting it out in a way that it was just like Liza himself, Minnelli. No, I don't know. Just just it's it's sort of it's a listless song, and so it I guess. You can't punch up a song that is inherently just like, like, what do you do with that? But I don't know. There needed to be some kind of uh, something to liven up this this sketch. It's just dead in the water. This this episode begins and ends with the worst two sketches. You got your pig nonsense, (laughs) your Hawaiian pigs, and then bird in a gilded cage as sung by Sylvester Stallone in 1920s Prohibition gear. It's so bad. This episode really just kind of comes to a whimper. Yep. So, anyway, that was the That's our Muppet bonus show.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, this was an interesting take. The Saturday Night Live one will be interesting, I'm sure, as well.
1: I think that's better than, well, that's 90 minutes and this is 25. <laughs> so, I don't know, like, all things considered, obviously, you're going to have more, like, a larger number of successful jokes, but right. proportionally, it's probably about the same. You know, it's just going to get spread out more, you know, across ninety minutes instead of twenty-five. But yeah, I, I think that'll be interesting to watch. So, uh, from here, we're
0: uh, we're moving on and getting back into uh, into the the full episode. So it's your pick, and I'm very excited to uh, find out where we're moving on to because we we had a we had a tough run there in uh, in the first half of this season.
1: Yeah, we had a tough run and. <clears throat> Based on the, the the options that I have, <laughs> unfortunately, I think it's going to continue to be rough. Because here's the thing. I think when we were doing Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was like, there were certain categories when we were doing Arnold where it's like, this is a home run no matter what we pick. That's All true. four of these movies are... N- are
0: a safe bet. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Whereas I think when, in Stallone, the way we broke out the categories, maybe this is our own fault for breaking it out this way and not, not planning ahead, but like... There are entire categories that are just all bad. (laughs) But then even the good categories, there's like one or two stinkers. And I think it just so happens we've gotten like every, like the worst of every category so far, like this season, or maybe not. But we've gotten a lot of like categories where there are good options but we haven't we didn't pick the good one we picked the bad one i'm getting concerned here with this preamble that you've got because i
0: thought for certain i knew what you were gonna pick and now i'm not sure i'm not picking rambo I'll all right that. that's what i thought for
1: absolutely certain you were gonna pick no I'll, I'll, there's a reason for that okay that we'll deal with when we get to the episode okay i'm going with diminishing returns action movies and i'm doing that just because it's the best of quickly trying of to go through bad what's bad in those in my head but keep going couple of things. One, I, this is one of the few movies left, I think, that I've seen and you have not. And two, I want to pick a movie that has a chance to n- bump up Stallone's <laughs> That's why I thought you camp. were going with Rambo.
0: Well, Rambo's I'm com- shocked.
1: Rambo's coming eventually. Okay. Uh, so I, I, wanna, I, do, I don't remember how violent, how many bodies there are in this movie, but we'll see. Our next movie is going to be Assassins. 1995's Assassins.
0: Assassins.
1: Didn't didn't we cover that category or am I wrong? I don't think so. All right, we can double check. Uh, and if, if we did, we'll come back. No, we All haven't. Right. We've covered uh, prime time, right? Because that was Tango and Cash. Yeah, maybe you're right. I uh, forgot that that
0: fell into prime time.
1: And then we did diminishing returns, which was Escape Plan Two. But we have not done diminishing returns. We uh, we did, we did uh, still making,
0: still making. But we didn't do diminishing returns. That's right. So maybe I'm thinking back. I think I picked the diminishing returns last time. With, uh, in the first season, and maybe that's what I'm confusing.
1: Yeah, with. yeah, what did we do? I
0: think it was The Specialist. Is the speciali- yes, that, okay, that's in that that's category. So, okay,
1: all right. I'm actually, you know what?
0: I'm actually kind of excited about this. I, I'm excited about the Diminishing Returns pick.
1: Yeah, I, I remember liking this movie when I saw it when I was 15. Banderas, right? Yeah, Anto- it's, okay. it's, it's Stallone and Antonio Banderas as rival assassins. Yes, all right, it's coming back to me. All I remember is a... Well, this, is, this isn't this is really a spoiler because I, no, I remember no details, but I just remember a tense conversation between the two of them in the back of a car. Possibly a taxi cab. <laughs> and, like, literally, that's the only thing I remember. I, no. I, don't, I remember no action sequences. I don't remember anybody else who's in it. I don't remember if it's, like, they're killing hundreds of people or, like, two... Are they the type of assassins where they sneak in and kill someone and sneak out? Or are they these kind of assassins that blow everything up? I don't remember any of it. I don't remember. So we'll see. It's basically going to be new to me. This idea of a taxi cab, now I'm wanting to
0: like you know mold uh, or mesh Arnold movies. I want it to be a Johnny Cab that they're in
1: is actually what I really want. They're both they're, there to kill the Johnny Cab. Yes, They're, exactly. they're fighting over who will yes. carry out the assassination.
0: All right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to Assassin's Diminishing Returns. Okay,
1: good. I, I, this movie has basically been forgotten by the world. Even stuff like Daylight. I almost went with Daylight because I've, I've never seen Daylight. Yeah, neither have I. But I went, he's not killing anyone Daylight. <laughs> I know I have never seen it, but I know, I know enough about what that movie's about to be like, he's not going to kill anybody. I I was, like,
0: I'm still shocked. I thought for sure Rambo 2.
1: I thought you were going to do the millhouse. You wanted
0: to get to the fireworks factory.
1: But no, that's fine. I'm excited about this. You can pick it if you want, but I know uh, you're not all that interested in getting to those. But, I mean, I have a reason for holding off. Okay. And when we get to it, I'll explain. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So, yeah, tune in next time when we watch Assassins. Uh, until then, uh, if uh, you like the show, please give us a good review on... Your podcasts have a choice, and tell people, tell your friends, etc.
0: Yeah, and uh, certainly if you have thoughts and comments about The Muppet Show, which I would be very interested to hear what our audience has to say, uh, let us know on Twitter, at Podcast. So uh, we'll be
1: back with assassins. I will not hear any bad-mouthing about The Muppets. <laughs> I will not stand for it. Well, they say all good things come to an end. What's that got to do with this show? <laughs> you <laughs>